0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional term supply. Hi, this is Jack McCallum, longtime Sports Illustrated writer. Lucky enough to be in the writer's wing of the Basketball Hall of Fame. And I'm going to be on with uh, Jake Brown.
1: And welcome to the Jake Brown Show on CBS Radio's Play.it, iTunes, and Spotify. And follow us on social media at Jake Brown Radio and Jake Brown Show. The NBA Finals are obviously the talk of the town and the shock of the first two games in some sense where the Golden State Warriors just blew the doors off of the Cleveland Cavaliers and lucky to have on now a guy that I talked with on my prior show and one of the best sports writers there is. He's in the writer's wing of the Basketball Hall of Fame. He wrote for SI for three decades and still is an SI contributor. It's Jack McCollum on the Jake Brown Show. Jack, good to have you on, man. How you doing?
0: Nice to be on.
1: Nice to be on. Now, two games, you're out there on the West Coast as part of uh, your book that will be coming out later this year. You're working on an old versus new NBA, which I love that topic because it's a lot what we talk about with Jordan and errors and comparing errors, and a lot of it's going to be on the Warriors. This is a special team. I mean, you're out there. You see the uh, obviously the fans are nuts out there. It's a crazy atmosphere. But more importantly, this Warriors team, adding Kevin Durant, it almost seems unfair. And what we saw in the first two games is they have that difference maker that they might have lacked when they were up three-one last year, and it's it's pretty remarkable to watch.
0: Yeah, it sure is. I think that the the difference about the, this Warriors team, what's somewhat forgotten, with you know Curry bombing three pointers and Clay Thompson, and, and then getting Durant, who we think of mostly as you know an offensive player, and I suppose he is. This is really a tough you know, well-rounded team. They play unbelievable defense. Uh, They make adjustments on the run. They have a, uh, you know, they have a very, very good half-court offense when you slow them down. They have a pretty deep bench. You don't get to talk much about Iguodala and Sean Livingston. So this is just a team that from top to bottom is not just kind of a show pony, you know, Mm -hmm. that gets up and runs. You're talking about a team that was formed to be one of the, uh, certainly the best teams of all time. And then when they added Durant, I mean, they just all automatically entered into that conversation.
1: Do you, I mean, we like to compare a lot, but do you think from what you've seen and being out there that this may be, is the best team ever?
0: Well, if they win, you have to take a really, really close look at those things. For example, were you talking about, when you talk about teams did you talk about the Lakers in the decade of the Mm eighties, I mean, they got to eight finals, Mm -hmm. you know, with, with essentially the same team that is unbelievably extraordinary and won five titles. But if you take a team, if they go through the playoffs unbeaten at 16 and 0, not to mention what they had done at the end of the season, they stumbled once uh, I think in their last, I'd have to look at it quickly, but last twenty-eight games or something like that—you're talking about an extraordinary record. So they have to be, they have to be in the conversation. And even if they win the title and lose one of these games in Cleveland, they still have to be in that conversation. But going sixteen and zero in the finals—I mean, that's pretty unbelievable.
1: Yeah, and fourteen consecutive playoff wins—they have not lost in the playoffs. They've done it with Mike Brown. Now Steve Kerr is back. Um, do, do you look at this Warriors team as one that can be stopped? Like, is this a dynasty we're seeing? Because, I mean, Cleveland might win one, or one, maybe two at home, but there's just no way to stop them because if you stop Curry, you got to stop Durant. If you stop Durant, you got to hope Klay Thompson goes cold again. I mean, there's just so many different shooters and so many different guys they could go to. It just doesn't seem fair for Cleveland or any other team in the NBA.
0: Well Cleveland still has one thing uh going for it which in in my opinion there was sort of a role of there was sort of a rule about who's going to win a series, and a lot of times the per the team that's favored to win a series is the team that has the best player mm-hmm. and I still think that is LeBron James. I know that hasn't shown obviously Kevin Durant so far is the finals uh MVP but I think Cleveland has a you know and certainly a chance to win one or both of those at home if they would come back and win the series in the same manner as they did last year though based on what we were talking about that would be extraordinary that would lift LeBron way into the pantheon because the Cleveland Cavaliers are not as good a team as the Golden State Warriors by not by a long shot and if the, uh, the Cavaliers come back in this series, particularly considering what's happened the first two games, uh, we'll be we would be having this conversation ten days, eleven days from now about LeBron James because that would be extraordinary.
1: Yeah, doesn't that lift LeBron to the goat? I mean, doesn't he top Jordan if he could somehow beat this iconic Warriors team?
0: I'd have to I'd have to watch the the four games they would win to say that, but yeah. certainly because. Uh, you know, LeBron is that complete player also, and you can see the strain on him yesterday. I mean, I think there was a lot of fatigue involved. That guy put his head down and went to the basket, you know, 30 times in the first half. And by the by the second half, by the time it came along, you know, it just wasn't, the energy wasn't there because he's chasing these guys around on transition. I hope nobody puts this down as Durant schooling LeBron in the finals, because that's not what's Going on, you look at a lot of uh, Kevin's plays. Well, he wasn't uh, he wasn't matched up on him a lot yesterday. But even in the first game, when they were kind of matched up, a lot of Durant's uh, points on transition, open floor situations, uh, backdoor cuts when somebody else is on him. So whatever whatever we say about Durant in this series, and you can't say enough positive about him. It's not like he's schooling. LeBron James. That's not what's happening uh, on the floor right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, LeBron's averaging these first two, 28.5, eleven He's averaging a triple-double. He's turning it over a little bit too much, but answer this. How do the Cavs do it? They're giving up 122.5 points a game through these first two. They haven't played defense, so what's the recipe to them turning this series around in Cleveland?
0: I, I know this. Sound, the, the first part of it honestly, is just, if, if Golden State continues to shoot like that, there was a back-to-back play yesterday that I just wrote down on my notebook. I said, you know, Cleveland was kind of coming back, and Durant hit a three, yeah. a three from, like, 24 feet. Mm-hmm. Curry came back and hit one from 27 feet, <laughs> like, uh, you know, less than a minute later. I'm going, you know, there's not much you can do, you know, with that kind of uh with that kind of shooting. But I think one of the things that has to happen is uh Kyrie Irving was great in the first game, but if you look at yesterday, uh one of the unknown things was Kevin Love and and LeBron, you know, uh outscored uh outscored uh Curry and Durant. It was Kyrie Irving who had the uh the you know, an off game. All three of those guys really have to be clicking uh, on their, you know, at the top level for them to win. They're going to have to get more out of the fence. I mean, Schumpert was one out of six uh, yesterday was not not a factor. So they're going to have to, uh, you know, hope the Warriors cool off. Um, They're going to have to keep them in a tight game when some of the Warriors' sloppiness, because there's one thing about Curry, he does turn the ball over. You know, way too much. Going to have to keep it close going into the fourth quarter, and if they do that, they can win Game Three in Cleveland, and then you get people thinking a little bit about last year. You know, yeah. although what happened last year was Draymond uh, Green, uh, you know, not not being in uh, in Game Five. I mean, obviously that was that was a huge difference.
1: And, Jack, not only Shumper, but J.R. Smith is averaging more fouls than points. And you remember last year he was an X-Factor, a guy who in one game I think dropped 26 and a guy who could be a spark when he starts draining threes, and he's done absolutely nothing. So I think shifting to Cleveland might help. Uh, Having the fans behind you there will be a big difference, but they have to get something uh, from those guys. And they're talking about uh, benching J.R. and starting Iman Shumper. Would you agree with that decision?
0: I would I would think so. I mean yesterday I mean Jr. is actually not a, a horrible, you know, defensive player or anything like that. But he I mean I think yesterday, I don't have the box score in front of me, I think he he only took two shots. Mm-hmm. I mean he seems incredibly passive, but mm-hmm. that's not all that's not all his fault. I mean, uh, I probably would not start Schumpert because I think one of the things you need, you need J. R. To, you know, to hit a couple threes early. Obviously, if he's not hitting, they're going to have to change. But uh, he seems to be a lot of standing around looking. LeBron's great at driving to the basket and finding people. For whatever reason, he didn't do that yesterday with J.R. And when you have a starting guard who takes two shots, misses both of them against the Golden State Warriors, whose backcourt is Curry and Clay Thompson. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, you're just not going to win the game. So you're right. They're going to have to get a lot more out of uh, Jr.
1: Yeah, Jr. not shooting shots. It might be a sign of the apocalypse going on right now. You re- you rarely hear that. He's usually the gunner. Jack McCollum joining us, uh, Hall of Fame sports writer, S.I. And make sure you get his books. Go to net. We're talking NBA Finals. Um, Kevin Durant, where do you rank him amongst the great – Small forwards, and if he continues this series, you have to think he enters that LeBron, that Larry Bird category, maybe in that top five range of the best small forwards ever.
0: No question, and i I probably was not prepared. If somebody would have asked that question at the beginning of the year, I probably would not have said that. I never. Obviously, you looked at Durant as maybe he was the second best player in the league, you know, behind LeBron. Kind of a scoring, you know, really sort of a scoring machine, more of a perimeter, three, small forward even than Bird, uh, shooter, you know, shooter, scorer, that type of guy. What he's done with this team, it seems like he's found kind of a sense of completeness. It's very odd because he went to a team where his individual stats, uh, the finals notwithstanding, he's really flourishing. But he's probably going to score fewer points. He's not going to be mentioned in an MVP race, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. But he has become a really, really complete ball player with the Warriors. And if you're around the Warriors and you talk about the biggest revelation about Kevin Durant, it has been defense, rebounding, block shots, passing and with what you said is absolutely true, If this finals continues. He, well, he's already in that conversation. He's in the small forward uh, conversation, even though he's seven feet tall, by the way. We're talking about him as, a, <laughs> as yeah. a small forward. And that's one of the things that really sets him apart. But he's in the conversation because he has become, or we've got a chance maybe to see him more clearly as such an all-around player. We didn't always see that in Oklahoma City. We always, you know, it was basically... Him and Westbrook trying to score 100 points before the other team did. Mm-hmm. Now we're seeing a really complete ball player along the lines of a uh, along the lines of a Bird or a, uh, a LeBron.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting with Durant because you mentioned his time at Oklahoma City. He's playing alongside a guy who's going to shoot 35 shots as well in Russell Westbrook. He comes here, and he's kind of forgotten about because it's the we live in the social media age and the razzle-dazzle of Steph Curry and every day being in a highlight reel combined with the fact that he was hurt and didn't miss 20 games this season. It was like Kevin Durant was an MVP. We forgot, and then we see him shine throughout the playoffs, so he flew so under the radar. But this was a guy who was an MVP who was right there with LeBron, and now a lot of people said, you know what, Steph Curry's right behind LeBron. But, I mean, KD's saying, hi, guys, it's me, I'm here. Like, I'm, I, you forget about me. And he's truly entered that second-best player category. And when we see stars shine uh, come finals time, and this is where guys make their big bucks, and Kevin Durant has never gotten a chance to show out. Now he joins the power force of Golden State, which b- leads me to my next question of – I mean, it it just doesn't seem fair. And you know, the Warriors, they've said, they've openly said, hey, we don't like this talk of there's no parity in the league and this and that. But it just seems scripted now. If this team stays together for a couple of years, even the best in the East isn't standing a chance against them. It, it seems like the – I don't know if the NBA is going to lose fans, Jack, but it, it seems like the, the script is written before the season. It's warriors are bust. And it for you as a guy covering the game and writing about it, um, is it kind of frustrating to, to know the result before the season as someone who's covered it for so many years and seen so many different champions?
0: Well, there's two different – things when you're in when you're a journalist in it you have your you have you you know what you are as a fan i mean you started you got into this because mm-hmm. you loved sports and you love basketball and you like to watch it and you probably played yourself and you like games when you know there was more competition there's always uh, but when you're a journalist there's always a story there's always an angle in in my particular case look, you got to look at things selfishly. I'm trying to – right now what I've been working on is a book that kind of concentrates half about the Warriors and what they did. So from a standpoint of a a selfish professional standpoint, watching the way the Warriors play basketball and watching some of the inner things that have gone on, for example, how Curry uh, and Durant integrate themselves, Mm -hmm. what little changes had to be made – to curry style and durant style to accommodate each other. What did the other guys have to do? For example, a little thing. David West told me, he "Came over here, you know, offensive rebounding is completely different because Steph's long shots are going to bounce out to the free throw line." So when Steph shoots, you know, David's more likely to go to the free throw area because that's where the rebound's going to come. A lot of little things come when you study a team. So Selfishly, I look upon the Warriors as a great laboratory experiment and looking at it from a fan's perspective, I don't know what the ratings uh, have been. Maybe you know the first two games. I do know by the time you reach this point that the, the narrative is set of kind of LeBron, you know, against the other team, whether or not that's bad for the sport. I don't know. I do know what you said about the, the warriors staying together. Yeah, you're right. I mean, mm-hmm. Curry, Durant, uh, Clay and Draymond Green, the scary thing about them is they're all in the prime of their careers. I mean, they're not it's not like they're old. But little adjustments are going to have to made for make for the team. They have to redo Curry and Durant's contract. Uh, so not this isn't going to be exactly the same team. But that may be a distinction without a difference because mm-hmm. Curry, Clay, KD and uh, Draymond are going to be together unless something cataclysmic happens over the next let's say three four seasons
1: and on the ratings front the first two games have averaged a 12.6 rating up from 12.5 in 2016 so a slight improvement uh game two was a 12.7 rating a seven percent improvement from the same game a year ago so it's been a slight improvement, but I mean, after the I mean, after the first half, when the second half started, at least this one went through the first half without being a blowout. Uh, it seemed like, <laughs> it seemed like uh, yesterday the first half it was uh, the first game won, The first half was it was already over. Uh, yesterday we at least got to watch till the third quarter and then it came over.
0: Um, I, I think you're going to see. I wouldn't. I think you're going to see some games in in Cleveland, Jake. I, that's just I the think way so. I have to. Uh, yeah. To, to look at it, but uh, selfishly uh, I'm enjoying watching this Warriors team, but I do understand. I think it doesn't hurt it so much in the finals. I think what happens is as the year goes on February, March January, February, March a lot of the average fans are going why am I watching? Mm-hmm. Because I can tune it in in June when uh, Curry and Durant are going to be against going against uh, LeBron Kyrie and Love, you know there is a little bit, there is a little bit of that to it. Uh, so I think it probably hurts him more before you get to the finals. And like I said, I do think you'll see uh, good games in Cleveland.
1: Yeah. Well, are you in favor? Because I think the regular season, the 82 game season, it's in some senses has become a little bit irrelevant. Uh, are you in the camp of maybe shortening the season to like a 62 games?
0: Oh, I said that uh, years I've, probably written, wrote about it, you know, five or six times, yeah. uh, you know, of course. I mean, there's just this, this, this draining uh, schedule, you know, that, that really, you know, and it caused a lot of injuries, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. you know, not that KD was uh, got injured because they're playing 82 games, but you see this kind of wearing out factor. Two years ago when the Warriors won, you know, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love were not completely uh, healthy. But I will say this has been going on for a while. The other part of the book I'm re- writing on is I'm taking a look at the 71-72 Lakers. Mm-hmm. And not to get into things were tougher back then, but if you look at the schedule then, it was just silly. I mean, they sometimes played five games in six nights. Mm-hmm. They were also playing 82 games then. They played five games in six nights. They routinely played three nights in a row. Uh, they they traveled... Uh, you know commercial they had to take the you know the first flight out so this argument about too many games has been going on for a long time but i do agree that it tarnishes the product and if they had a way the the problem with it believe it or not is the players hmm. because as soon as you start reducing games salaries uh, you reduce yeah exactly you reduce the revenue taken in by a team so hmm. it's always a conversation i will say that adam silver the new commissioner has seems to be more receptive in talking about it than uh, than David Stern uh, was. They're not going to go to 62 games, by the way, Jake. I would say that would be hmm. a little a little optimistic. Probably more like eliminating uh, seven or eight games, but that's down the road.
1: Didn't Daryl Morey say they should play like a 40 game season a couple of months ago?
0: Yeah, he did say something like <laughs> that's that. That's a little too much. Said, we also said we shouldn't take any shot beside a three point shot or a layup. To, so, you know.
1: Oh man, there's so much for Daryl Morey cutting half the season. I mean that that would be like basically shorter than a lockout season. Uh at that point it wouldn't be that fair. I mean the Knicks would yeah, have no, a shot I, at that point to make the playoffs. That no, that awesome.
0: that would never work and the and the uh the revenue just uh, just
1: wouldn't be there. Jack McCollum, Hall of Fame sports writer. All right, so Game 3, you like to go to Cleveland. You think they'll make this a series? How far do you see the series going?
0: Well, uh, I mean, to do the ultimate cop-out, obviously if the Cavaliers don't win Game 3, the you know, the series is over. Yeah. I think the series will go. This is probably a reason for all your listeners to do directly opposite, and, you know, <laughs> but... I, I would see it go on five games. I think the Cavaliers get a game in Cleveland. They'll come out game three hard, and if they don't win game three, you know, there's a lot of pride on the team. There's a lot of pride in LeBron, a lot of pride in, in Kyrie Irving. Tyron Lewis, a really good coach. Then I think they win game four, and I think we, we come back here, and uh, I, I'd, say game, I'd say five games would be the best bet.
1: Yeah, I'll go with five, too. I originally said seven at the start of the series, which I regret saying that now.
0: Well, uh-huh. oh, I don't think that was a bad. I mean, I you know, I don't think that it's was a far bad from all. I, yeah, yeah, I, I would have, I would have certainly seen it. They're going into the finals with, as I said, the best player rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just that, uh, it's just that the combination of Durant, Curry, and yeah. everybody else has just put too much on LeBron. And unless Love, and Kyrie Irving, and as you mentioned, J.R. Smith, are more than really good. Uh, then it's not a, a balanced matchup for Cleveland.
1: Yeah, to me, to me, and I'm sure to you. I mean, it's a little bit frustrating because we come in saying, "Hey, this is going to be one of the great NBA Finals ever," and two games in, it's blowout city. Uh, so we need to see a change here.
0: I know you're you're all in favor of that parity, but let me get this uh, book done on the Warriors first, and we'll talk about. It. All right, we'll talk about it next year.
1: Jack McCallum, SI.com, peace coming soon. Book coming at the end of the year, uh, which I'm looking forward to. Jack, appreciate you coming on the show, and uh, enjoy the rest of the series. Thanks for having me, Jake. Take care.
0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.